And here we are again, day after a tough loss for the Kings. A loss where we're wondering what happened because we thought they were going to win this game after a game that we thought they might lose that they won. So what's going on? We're back to that. And whether this is a trend and why Mike Brown says it's not a trend, we've got that coming up. We'll get to the phones as well, 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. Before we do, I just want to give you an update on Jay and his campaign to bring back the City of Trees. Okay, I see you working. <laughs> Drapes is with a team today. They're flying to Denver. He may be with us later in the show today. He'll be with us tomorrow from Denver. But was it last week, the week before? I know you launched your, hey, we want to be the city of trees uh, again yes. instead of farm to fork. And amazingly, I mean, it, it's amazing how many people right away like, yes, I want to be part of that movement. And you continue to find out things yes. about this this movement that you are now spearheading, including the fact that, what, there's a parade? There is a, par- a city of trees parade that is happening here. March 9th, Capitol, Capitol, down the Capitol Ave. And uh, I haven't... A hundred percent seem like exactly where they're all going, but I do know this is kind of like a Mardi Gras style floats. You know, there's a couple of waves of different floats at like 3 p.m. and then 5.30 p.m. is the second wave and they're yeah. throwing beads. I saw that they're getting, you know, they got a lot of recycled beads or I, I don't know what that technically means from the Mardi Gras down in New Orleans flown in. And so I'm, I'm all about it. And, you know, I hit a couple of the powers that be. I need to be emceeing part of this. <laughs> like, how am you I not do. on one of these floats? So I, I'm just throwing it out there, and I'm glad you said this, Whitey. If And there's numerous organizations and foundations, and, you know, I'll, I'll pull it up throughout the show here, that, are, that will have floats, you know, taking part in this parade on March 9th, which is, what, a week and a half away or so. Yeah. I need to be a part of That's this. That's right. Yeah, you've got all I these disparate elements, and somebody needs to – and you're that person, the Come unifier. On. That can bring it all in together and make the movement stronger than anyone ever dreamed it would be. Can I get and let me say this and let me put this out there, you know, and I don't mean to put you on spot. You can answer this off air or whatever. I'm just saying, think about this. If 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 I can get a part in the city of parade, you know, festivities and activities, can I get a can I get some support from Mr. Gleason? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I have a I have okay. a very important family birthday right around there. That I could, got you. Yeah, I but, got you. I maybe mean, maybe a FaceTime for the fans or something. Well, they no, will figure I, it out. I'm either in or I'm out. None of that. You know. <laughs> uh, yes, I would. Uh, I would do what I could to support your efforts. To support you. I appreciate yeah. that, brother. Yeah. yeah. We need you as a grand marshal. Onwards and At upwards. At the very least. Yes. Yeah. Onwards and upwards. City of Trees Woo. Parade, March 9th. It's incredible how yeah. far you've come in such a short time. I know, man. I, I'm I'm getting texts and, and responses from people. Shouts out to the city of Sac and, you know, surrounding areas. The uh-huh. Folsom's, the Elk Groves, the Eldorados, the Galts, you know, the, the Davises, everybody. You know, shouts out. I, I had to tell you, to be honest, I... I had my doubts early on. Did you? I was talking to our new program director, who's yeah. an outstanding guy, and I would, I'm talking about the show, and he goes, hey, that City of Trees thing. He goes, what are you talking about? I don't know what it is. And I explained to him, and then he was okay. Now, but what, I thought- Because yeah. I don't, excuse me, I mean yeah. to cut you off. My apologies. Real quick, I don't know where our new boss is from. <laughs> Uh, he's from Fresno. Oh, well, he's, he's too far out. He don't yeah. know about the city right, of trees. Exactly. Right, there we I go. I explained to him, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I thought, uh-oh, that's not a good sign. But then he's like, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, once you catch the fever, 
um, you're on board. Yeah, well, you can't listen. And this is the thing: it's no disrespect. You can't put a fire out if the fire continues to, you know, to to brew right. and, and and swelter. Yeah, I mean, listen, smolder. Yeah, it is. Man. Yeah, it, it's ready to boil over here. Three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. Meanwhile, as far as the Kings are going, Stephen Sackdown Sports. Hello, Stephen. What's up? Good afternoon, fellas. Hey. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Um, so I'm not. I'm. I'm. A, I'm gonna be one of those guys where I'm not ready to give up on Mike Brown. This man came in and completely 100% changed the culture. 100. Yes. yes. And there is no possible way on God's green earth that after Mike that that you're gonna allow someone else to come in here and finish the job that Mike Brown did. He started this new culture. Everyone's on board with this new culture. We may not. It may not be. Uh, a, 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 the results may not be as. Um, they might not meet our expectations. You know, I, I'm a man who, who went to AA for a number of years. Okay, I know I'm not necessarily supposed to say that, but well, expectations lead to disappointments. Yeah. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, so expectations lead to disappointments, man. So the, the point of that is don't hold expectations up so high. Don't have any expectations. Go with the flow. I've been a, I, I'm guilty of this myself. You know, this team has humbled my expectations because I was greedy after last year, and I'm sure a lot of other fans were. But at this point in time, calling for Mike Brown's job or saying that to, to, to push that is not right. It's not fair. There is nobody else that, that you're going to bring in that's going no, right. to continue to carry this culture. You're absolutely right, Stephen. Thank you. It's, it's really – you know, I understand fans are going to fan and we're going to be upset with this or that and we don't like the coach did this or that. But anybody who starts to talk about him as part of the problem, and by the way, I don't, I haven't heard from a lot of people today that said, we need to get rid of him. Uh, but there are people that have been upset at times this year. That's ridiculous. You're right. He's done so much and he's compared to other coaches who've been here uh, in recent years, what he's done. He's an asset without question. There's no question that Mike Brown is still a real asset for this team. I'll tell you, Jay, I, looking back before the season started, as we look at expectations, I said, and I'm I'm really comfortable with this, I said the Kings are going to finish item fifth. Okay. Maybe not, but I said they're going to be fifth. And I said if they get in to, I said they're going to play Oklahoma City in the first round because I thought OKC would be really good. Yeah. And they're even better than I thought. I said, look, if you get into the playoffs, that's a good year. And I still believe that. If you get into the playoffs, whether it's through the play-in or not, I still think given how long Kings fans had to wait to even get into the playoffs. If you're in the playoffs two years in a row, to me, you've accomplished something. Yeah. You win, that's great, but just getting in two years in a row, to me, that's an accomplishment. I think, you know, and I would say, I, I would venture to say, Whitey, that me and you probably had lower expectations for this team on, you know, what it would look like as a successful year compared to, you know, like Steven said right there, expectations of other people mm-hmm. who follow the team and fans of the team. But let me let me propose this back to you now, Whitey, knowing that we've seen the team and what it is, and you've been on record here on on the Drive Guy saying you believe this team is a playing team now. What would you still deem as a successful year for you right now? If you get into the playoffs, okay. no matter how you get there, whether it's through the play-in or not, if you get into the playoffs, success, and if you win a first-round series, I think that would be a hugely successful season. So you're pretty much in the same level. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I, yeah. yeah. Some have said, oh, you got to win the first round this year, and I, that'd be great. I'm not saying they can't, mm-hmm. but to me, that would be 
that would be above and beyond. That would be some gravy. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think we both kind of we we mirrored our expectations. And uh, that's why I want to check where yours is, because I kind of feel the same way. Like I, I haven't really moved up up and down the scale too much here, mm-hmm. Whitey. I mm-hmm. think if they can get to the postseason and let me let me make sure I, I uh, you know, I, I specify that is I would like them to at least have two games, which would then let me mean they would be seventh seed or, you know, yeah. seventh, eighth, and they would be able to play the nine, ten seed. And, you know, if they lost two games, that would be crushing. It really would be. It'd be crushing. But I would also venture to say if you took in both years together, I think if we're looking at the whole grand scheme of things and you got to play the Warriors and, you know, expectations of this year, we could almost flip-flop the years. If they were to oh, be yeah. playing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think we would be okay. I just think because of what happened last year, which is a great thing, expectations are a little higher. And some fans, they demand more. And who am I to sit up here and tell them, no, you shouldn't. And so I respect everything of what the fans are saying. And that's why I asked you, for me, I would like to see a postseason run, mm-hmm. which I think they're 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 comfortably in the top ten. You know, yeah, it looks like it. And it does. But again, we, we know with this team it could be anything. Um I would like to see a four-game series for sure. But I would also like to know who we'd be playing and you know, Lord willing, we'll find that out, but I think my expectations are pretty much the same as yours there, Whitey. Mhm. Yeah. That would be good. That'd be really good because uh, again, for all our angst here, and I know today I'm, you know, Stomping my feet and how this is unacceptable, but it's so terrific that we're able to talk about meaningful Kings games. It's almost March and these games matter. And that is tremendous from a fan standpoint. Yeah, but we thought they'd be better. Yeah, I, I there's so many tough losses. I know I've been saying that these, these are maddening, but it's almost March and these games still matter. And that is tremendous. Plan actually was a good idea. Uh, right now, you know, it looks like the Kings are ahead of the plan. The plan actually, which is a whole other conversation, I think that's actually been good for the league, Jay. I think it's actually worked. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I like I like where you're going right there. It's a, uh, it's interesting. It, it has, yeah, it's yeah. kept things interesting. Yes. Um. By the way, we still have to hear from Mike Brown and how why he says eh, this trend that you're talking about. I don't see a trend. And we'll get back to the phones when we come right back. Drive guys, Sacktown Sport. Of course, we have NBA basketball on tonight. Jay, um, before we get back to the phones and the Kings conversation, you know what I'm going to be watching? If not tonight, I know it starts tonight. I'm going to be watching it. Um, Shogun. Have you heard about this? Shogun. I have not. They're making Shogun into a, it's on Hulu and FX. Okay. It was a movie that came out in the 80s. and a Yes. Book that was, yeah, and they're redoing it, and it's, it's kind of like Game of Thrones based on really? what really happened. You know, or a lot of it really happened. It's like, rather than a made-up, place it's japan feudal japan so shogun i'm very excited about that ah, starting i might i'll let you be the test dummy i'll let you take a look <laughs> or two at a few episodes and let me know i'm an, i'm a huge uh martial arts movie guy man I'm okay like kung fu and I, i'm i'm in all of that yeah especially old school you yeah. know 18 bronzemen you know yep. i mean i recommend it as Shaolin, heartily 36 as i chambers, all that as heartily as I could recommend something that I've actually not seen yet. Yes. Yeah, so okay. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're tied in. Yes. You're good to go. I'm really looking forward to it. That's what's uh, up. 1140 Let's talk to Rich. Looking forward to talking to Rich on Sackdown Sports. Hello, Rich. 
Hey, guys, enjoy the show. It's very entertaining. Uh, I had a couple of comments about uh, coaching and the Kings. Yes, Rich. You know, I just, yeah, I, you know, I think that when you, when, whenever you're analyzing something, you've got to be objective about it, and you've got an uh, expectation, and you've also got a reality check. I think the thing that concerns me is that when Mike Brown's and, – and, and I did watch it – Mike Brown's post-game conference, he complimented Miami, uh, and people asked him about Spolstra, you know, that they were ready. But in the, the inverse of that is that his team was not ready, and his team has better talent. So I ask you a question, uh, Whitey in particular, because you've been defending Brown. I'm not saying he okay. should be removed, but I'm, I'm not saying he That's should fair. be removed. But if you have better talent – and you're playing at home, and you're playing for a, a, a playoff seed, and you've lost to Detroit, the worst team in the league, at home. You got slaughtered by, by the Pelicans at home. You're, you're supposed to be getting your team ready. You are getting your team ready to meet the Timberwolves and the Nuggets on the road. And you've got a very important game, and you don't show up again. Mike Brown can't be defended in, in the sense that, yes, it's the players, but this is a repeated enterprise where he is, look, he's not, and he didn't even seem, I mean, obviously he probably was upset, but it wasn't, he, well, Foxy and Sabonis didn't really pass well out of the collapsing zone with his, but why aren't you preparing for that, brother? You lost to the Heat in Miami. Now you're playing the same team in a really dire situation, and the same thing happens, bro. And then he said, well, we switched to a zone, and it was effective. I probably should have done it earlier. Of course. But what I'm saying is, let's not talk about replacing him, but Mike, you, you acted like it was no big deal losing that game, and I was very pissed off about that. Anyway, that's my comment. All right, thank you. Excellent. I appreciate your comments very much, Rich. Obviously, you've spent a lot of time thinking about them. To me, the issue is that um, the Kings are not a very good defensive team, and Mike Brown has been <laughs> – you made Jay laugh. <laughs> you thought it was funny when he said, yeah, hello, yeah, maybe you should have gone to the zones sooner. Is that what made you laugh? Yeah, <laughs> but the other part where you said spends a lot of time thinking about him. That's just, oh, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. you. yeah. Um, I thought Rich had some valid points, but I, I mean, I'm going to let you jump he, on that. He does. Yeah. To, to answer your question, how can I defend Mike Brown when his team repeatedly has these same makes these same mistakes? To me, the team is very poor defensively. He's been preaching better defense for a long time. He hasn't gotten any better defensive players. Um, and so he ha he's a coach, defensive-minded coach, trying to get a team to play defense that isn't a very good defensive team. And I think that's one of the reasons that they're prone to these games where it looks like they don't show up. They can't stop anybody. And to me, I've said this before, when you can't play defense in the NBA or basketball, NBA or not, every game's like a box of chocolates. Who knows what's going to happen? Because you can't get stops. And I know you're saying, well, he should prepare them better. And I think a lot of it, that's fair enough. I mean, the every coach is, has flaws. And yeah, there's some of these games, they could have been better prepared. But I think he needs his players to do some things that some of these players are not capable of doing, but they're still his best defenders. So to me, that's why I defend Mike Brown. Defensive-minded coach, he's preached, he's talked about this, he's said, hey, there are some of us, 
within the organization who think we can just outscore teams. We, I can find the – it was after the Pelicans game. He says, I'm telling you, we are in for a rude awakening if we think we can win in the playoffs that way. So, to me, that's why they're prone to these ups and downs. However, Mike Brown addressed it last night, Rich, as you say. Here's Mike Brown asked about, hey, how come there's this, uh, this trend here where you keep losing to shorthanded teams at home? Uh, I mean, Paul George didn't play last night, you, you know, uh, and we've played against other teams where their top one or two guys didn't play and, and we've won games. Um, the reality of it is, you know, one of the things I, I obviously got to go back and, and take a look. I know in game one there were six or seven 50-50 balls and we didn't come up with one. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if it was that bad tonight. I thought we got on the ground for a couple. Um, but there were some opportunities for us to box out. Uh, we didn't hit somebody. You know, there were some opportunities early on uh, to where I felt we could have contested better. We didn't quite get the shooters. And so, so to me, more than anything else, uh, that's, where, that's where the trend is, you know. And I've... It's been saying it the last few days. Uh, I thought last night we did a great job defending the three. Tonight we kind of let our guard down a little bit and uh, and let you know guys that that weren't hot initially uh, get going and um, and it hurt us. Um, but uh, I, I don't feel like it's a trend uh, that every time we play a team that the in their number one or number two or number three guys out that that we lose. And like I said, to start this thing, you got you got to give Miami a lot of credit. They've like they've won, I think, seven of nine or something like that. And they haven't had quote unquote all of their guys in all of those games. And and um so we give them a lot of credit for coming in here and, and taking this win. That's fascinating. He's downplaying the whole eh. Although yeah. you notice he says, if there's a trend, it's because our guys don't die for loose balls. We're not playing hard enough. Which comes the effort, yeah. Yeah. Same thing yeah. we continuously keep on hearing. To Rich's point, I, I notice it too, Rich, where sometimes you want to see the coach a little angry. I'm not in the locker room, obviously, after games. My guess would be that he shows a different side to the players after these losses than he shows to the rest of us. I think some of that is, I'm not happy with these guys, but... No, that's in-house. Uh, and I think that's also one of the reasons why he doesn't want to say, yeah, trend, I don't know. There's also, the, what do you think of this, Jay? Sometimes I think I think we heard a little of it there. You don't want to say, oh, we, we're losing all these games because in a way we should win these games, but we're losing them. That's almost disrespectful to the opponent. It's true. You know, we all know it's true, yeah. but you notice he wanted to give – credit to the heat because you go i don't know how he lost that game you're really insulting the team that just kicked your ass yeah and i and i think that's the wrong you know if there's any team out here in the nba where you definitely don't want to get on the wrong side of what's going on (laughs) and i look i'm not afraid of anybody but i'm just saying the heat are definitely the type of team where you know if you're gonna put your foot in your mouth you're gonna you're gonna have to fight tooth and nail the next 10 years against them yeah and so I get what that is, and quite frankly, he was honest because the Heat did come in here yep. and do what they needed to do against the Sacramento Kings. But when he's saying, and again, coaches, that sometimes they have to resort to coach speak. Absolutely. When he's saying, I, trend, I don't really see it's a trend. It's like, yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> and you, We all do. Yeah, 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 and you know what? That's part of it, and I think that's, 
you know, look, that's why he's a coach and I'm not because me personally, I'd come out and just straight to it. Look, this has to stop, you know, and we've seen plenty of coaches come to the podium and utilize that as, you know, something to, you know, jump spring or whatever they're trying to accomplish for their team. And coach just felt, I guess, at that time that it, it, there wasn't there. I, I do believe this. Coach Brown is is intelligent man enough to know that this is starting to become a pattern. And I'm pretty sure, as you said, he he's he's brought that up within the, the confines of what's going on with the team. And, you know, getting back to part of the expectations of the situation is, is I, I agree with you. I do think he is shorthanded in what he wants to do in some of his schemes. There's nothing yeah. he could do about that. Right. You right. know, um, but I do also understand that, again, as heavy as the person that wears the crown is as heavy as it's coming back. And so you got to take the good with the bad, too. And I'm not saying Coach Brown is not, but I'm also saying some of the validations like we have callers like Rich and some of the people that we see on a text thread and, and, and YouTube and everything else. Um, you know, they have some valid points that they that I can understand where they're coming from. Oh, me too. And I For appreciate, sure. yeah, I appreciate uh, all the, all the views on that side. Yep. Um, it is true that if this team, any team, if it looks like they're not giving effort, you know, that that's the stuff that gets coaches and managers fired. Yes. No matter who you are yes. at what level to me, they look more unfocused than, you know, these guys want to win. They really do. I mean, going back to media day, they were all, talking about we want to get back to the playoffs and I think it's legit they all want to win sometimes they look like maybe they're not clear on what exactly they're supposed to be doing I don't my point is Jay I don't see them dogging it and maybe maybe they are and I'm not saying it I don't I don't look at these guys go man they're dogs I do look at them and go wow they they're flat they're they're Mm -hmm. confused yeah but I don't think they're out there just like we're not going to try hard because we don't like our coach. I yeah. don't see any of that. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. I do think there's an opportunity to where they can play harder or better or you're smarter or, you know, however, more physical as, again, and going back to one of the things that Coach Brown always talks about is the physicality of this team but um, and the effort, of course. But I, I'm with you. I don't think they've get thrown in the towel. I don't think they're not playing for their coach. I just think just what you said, this team is flawed in many ways. Um, the expectations of – Probably, or excuse me, the understanding of knowing, you know, that this team is flawed is for some people is hard to to get a grip on. It's mm-hmm. hard to, you know, come to realization of like, look, I saw them go hard last year and everything fell in place, and you know, I I just saw them beat a good Clippers team, albeit it was without Paul George. I see them going to Minnesota. I've seen them beat Denver. You know, I like I get why some fans are questioning the situation, but I have to agree with you, Whitey. I by no means do I think this team is giving up. I don't think they've thrown in the towel, and I don't think they're putting forth effort. I think there's certain lapses. And we've seen it. Look at the game. And, and you know, Keegan said it yesterday in their postgame. From first and third, third quarter, we got beat. I almost say, tell you this. I think they just got beat in the third quarter. Oh, yeah. You know, it, the first quarter is what it is. But then they flipped the switch and turned it on and realized, like, look, we're down, you know, double digits, 20 at one point in time, and we need to uh, show up before we get booed out of here. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and they did and made it a game, but as you pointed out, they still lost by double digits. <laughs> they lost by 11. <laughs> yeah, 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. We'll get back to the phones. Brendan Nunes, our Sackdown Sports Kings insider, uh, will join us too on what he thinks is going on here with the Kings and why they want to acknowledge this trend as the drive guys roll on on Sackdown Sports. Question, uh, I ask this respectfully. Do you know, Jay, the Jacksons are coming? Who? Who's who's performing now with the Jacksons? Uh, the only one I know is, uh, I believe, Tito and Jermaine I've seen. Okay. But I don't know the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I saw, I, you know, my mother asked me about that, like, literally a week or two ago. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, Jermaine and Tito. Like, oh, okay. But I don't know who else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. You're interested? Of, well, I've, you know, some of the early... The Jackson Five records; so, those are freaking great Historical. records. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I mean, just uh, I mean, the bass lines alone—that's tremendous stuff. So like I just wasn't sure how many guitar. people, how many people are left uh, that are actually. Let's look that up. We'll have that answer. Yeah, Janet doesn't hang out with them, does she? Uh, I don't want to say doesn't hang out with them, but I know she doesn't perform. That's my feet. She's like, no, I got my own thing, guys. I'm good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She definitely got her own thing. Yeah, her, her good, good luck. Yeah. Uh, so the Jacksons and Sister Sledge. All right. You, it sounds like you're, you, <laughs> your your spidey senses are intrigued, my man. Well, you know, the Jacksons, we're talking iconic stuff, but it's just not really the Jacksons. That's all I'm saying. Well, but everyone knows yeah, that. Yeah, you're missing I one. I, yeah. that, I mean, that not missing one, but you're, you're missing the one, probably. Yeah. Yeah. 339 uh, 1-800-920-1140. Uh, we're going to talk to Brendan, top of the hour, our insider. Right now, we'll go back to the phones. Stanley joining us on Sackdown Sports. Hello, Stanley. How you doing this day after another um, hard-to-figure King's loss? Yeah, you know. I'm looking at that game. We actually outplayed them almost in every category there was, and it's the same old thing in some of the other games that really cost us big. It's not their effort, I don't think so, because everybody wants to win. The biggest thing is fouls and free throws. Fouling too much, that gives the other team an opportunity to win because they're making 80% or better free throws. Where us, when we do get fouled, down to 55% or 50%, which is kind of low. So I think that's costing us a lot. Most of our games is right there, just those two little areas. Thank you, Stanley. Very insightful. I know Mike Brown agrees with you for the most part. He talked about at the break, hey, if we could defend a three-point line better and if we could make our free throws, boy, this whole thing would be looking uh, a lot rosier. Uh, last night, free throw-wise, the Kings were 7 for 12. Miami shot 25 free throws. Miami, short-handed as they were, they really pounded the Kings inside. So they had 25 free throws. The Kings shoot 12 free throws, and they make seven. And for all the preaching about we got to get better at free throws, we know we have to be better at free throw shooting. Oh, uh, we've got you know free throw standings now in the practice facility. Seven for 12, yeah. Jay. To me, that tells me it's all the way, for some of these guys anyway, between the years. Yeah, it is. I I saw, and I'm trying to get the. I'm looking it up here real quick. I think it was 58.4 percent. Like this team is shooting free throws at this point, almost. Uh, that that's horrific. And well, for I, the year, they're. I mean, they're they're seventy something. Yeah, I, dead last. Yeah, last night I'm sitting there trying to see. Last here. night they're 58.3. 50, 58.3. There yeah. you go. I was like, I know it's 58 something. I mean that. 
and to Stanley's point, that's not going to get it done. No. You're not winning a game nine times out of ten if you're shooting 50% from the stripe. Now, that was, uh, yeah, 50, uh, yes, 58 point percent. Yeah. I yeah. know it was 58. I just couldn't remember the point what. And I didn't want to be, you know, say something wrong. And people, no, man, that was point seven. Like, <laughs> you, you know how it goes. 58 Malik 0 for two and Domas one for four. Yeah, that's not Your best players done, combined man. to go one for six from the foul that's line. That's not it. Especially when that's another one of those things that's so aggravating because you know it's a problem. You talk about it as a problem, as, as you know, to fans and to players. The players acknowledge it's a problem. And then the game comes and they still aren't able to do anything about it. It's frustrating. The other thing last night, Stanley, as you probably know, was the Kings turned the ball over way too much. Last night they had 15 turnovers because, you know, offensively, like their shooting numbers are good other than the foul shooting, but they turned the ball over way too often. Thing is with this Kings team right now, and this is kind of the nature of the NBA too, 110, Jay, you put up 110. This Kings team, you score 110, you're going to lose. That's not enough. Yeah. This team has to score more than that. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of been the chicken and egg conversation we've been having all season of, you know, how much how much offense do you want to lose, you know, to try to play better defense? Like, how much are you giving that up? And it's a tough combination to, you know, to, I guess, muster for the Sacramento Kings right now. And it doesn't seem to be certain nights, you know, because, again, this team, it's not like this team isn't competing. Right. It's not like this team isn't. Uh, in the play up in the playoff picture right now, it's, it's not like this team is you know dead last in the Western Conference or one of the worst records. But you know, as Drapes always talks about, this team is on pace to have more wins this year than last year. Um, but when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, man, of course, fifty eight percent from free throw shooting is not going to get it done, and the fact that you know it seems to be a constant struggle between you know how much offense can we give up for defense, but the defense for this team right now is, is <laughs> I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. almost null and void, Whitey. Yeah, it's it some really night, is. Sometimes it is. Yeah. What do you think the Kings' defense? I don't know. I didn't see him plenty. Three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. John joins us. Sackdown Sports. Hey, John. Thanks for hanging. What's up? Uh, I got a comment on Kevin Herter. Uh, a lot of the times when I'm watching our team play, I feel like he is the reason why our defense breaks down, and then we're chasing our butt trying to get around, whether it's a dish off in the middle or chasing around the perimeter. Uh, I don't feel like his performances add up to his three-ball shooting that he's known for. So I feel like in our offense and defense alone, he's our weak link. Um, last night we finished the game off without Barnes in the lineup and we left Herter in there and I thought that was a mistake by Brown. I thought we should have left Barnes in there to close it out and finish it. So that's my comment. All right. Thank you. Uh, Herter has to make the three ball or you really, that's his calling card. If he's not making threes as he wasn't earlier in the year, as you know, it's like there, we can't keep you on the floor. I, I think you're onto something. I mean, I, but everyone knows that he's not a great defender and he's active, and he, you know, he tries, and he's big, and he can he can do some things with as far as like on a trap. He's rangy, but he's not a good defender, and that's the problem. It's like uh, I think it was Elston Turner said, you know, years ago, Elston Turner was who, by the way, is like one of the greatest guy people you'll ever meet. Yes, and he was the basically the defensive coach here, and at times people would criticize the Kings their defense, the great Kings teams, and he would say. It's hard to have a good defensive team when you don't have good defensive players. Mm. And that's, you know, that's part of the problem with this team right now. Yeah, you can't. And I mean, if you don't have the proper pieces to even be part of the game, 
you know, then you can't play the game. Is basically what he's saying. And <sighs> they got a few. I mean, they do yeah. have some, and yeah. they have some guys that are improving. But still, it's a, it's an issue with this team. It's frustrating. Yeah, it, it, it is. I'm frustrating. sure it is for them too. Yeah. Yes, it's frustrating, and I can understand, you know, fans like John calling in 916-339-1140. I can definitely understand the frustration level of it because, you know, look, they're looking at it from the standpoint of this team, you know, they're pros, they're professionals. They get paid to do this, and sometimes it's it's hard to understand that, you know, strengths and weaknesses of players because we're looking at it from the outside in, but, I mean – this team has struggled defensively for the last two years since Coach Brown has been here. That's something that he's constantly talked about. He knows how important yes, it is. Yes, he does. He does. He's been to the mountaintop. He yeah. knows what it takes to win you know, defensively, and he continues to gripe about it. And I think the fans are really starting to jump on that bandwagon of, look, we can't, you know, I, I guess you can't outscore everybody. And that's what you said, my Coach Brown said. Yeah. 339-1140-1800-920-1140. Ken on Sackdown Sports. Hello, Kenny. How are you? Pretty good, guys. How you doing? Good to hear from you. What's yeah. up? Yeah. I'm frustrated as can be because last night we took Jaime Hawkins and turned him into a lottery pick. <laughs> I I didn't know that guy was Not that when he was at UCLA. He wasn't. I, I cannot understand <laughs> How we cannot understand a simple pivot to get into the I, dude looked unstoppable last night. Yeah. Which brings me to this point. You guys talk about defense. The Kings are gonna lose either in the playoff game or in the first round if they're fortunate enough, because we simply cannot stop anyone. When the ball is going in and the shots are going in, we look like we can't compete, but on those nights when it's not and we gotta depend on the stop, forget about it. Forget about it. They exposed Kevin Herter at a rate last night that, that was practically pathetic. And it's like, you know what? We can look as good as we want to. But to me, we can't be like Dallas. At least with Dallas, they know they're going to get from Irving and from Luka a certain amount every single night. Or the same with Phoenix. They know what they're going to get with Booker and Durant. We don't have a steady offense to compete with those guys which is why we're going to lose. Until we get better defensively, this is going to be a team that's going to compete and be in the playoff picture, but they're not going to be taken consider, uh, uh, seriously because they can't stop anyone. Thank you, Ken. I agree with you 100%. And I, I do think, too. Yeah. Um, defense On can, everything. Defense can <laughs> be a foundation. And it's true in other sports too. I know some of this is cliche, but you know you have a solid defense. You know that you're going to be competitive. This team's defense comes and goes, comes and goes. Sometimes it doesn't come at all, it just goes. <laughs> and that's why you have these like, what happened? Right. What happened? You see last night, to Ken's point, Jaime Hawkes and some <laughs> of the some of the Heat players, they're looking at the matchups they have. It's yeah. like they don't care. They're, oh, we're down players. No, it's like, that guy can't guard me. The district, it it's almost Jimmy like Butler the disrespect. Not. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He can't guard me. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the reasons the Kings went to zone. It wasn't just, wow, that was a brilliant move. It's like, Kings had to go to zone because man-to-man, they couldn't stop out of necessity. Miami Heat players. Yeah, yeah. out of necessity, and I, I think that's part of it. I, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with Ken, and I, I've kind of been a detractor of a few guys on the team. And, you know, sometimes it, it comes off as, 
you know, you're picking on a player or, you know, you dislike that player. Or one thing I, I hope everybody understands, at least for me, and I think you can attest to this, I, I don't really take too much of this stuff personal when it comes to, um, you know, thoughts of it because I don't talk about people's personal lives, sure. athletes. But what I see on the floor is, is just what I'm going to call out. And I've, I've said it numerous times, and I've wondered numerous times, I, if it's me, I don't really see the the effect of what Kevin Herter really does for the Kings when he's does he's not scoring, and I think you know that's part of it. And you know it, it's hard because we hear shooters have to continue to shoot to work through certain things, and we've seen it to his credit. You know there was lapses last year at the end where it felt like two months. We didn't even see what Kevin Herb was. We, is he even playing? Is he still on the court? He had a and bad then he did. Series. Yeah. Then you know he played decently, and then it led up to the playoffs. He didn't have the best series, and then you know so there's lapses, and he shot his way out of it. But there are opportunities where it's like, uh, you know, okay, it's not there tonight. Mm-hmm. Pull the trigger. Let's move on. You mm-hmm. know, um, and that, again, I'm not inside. I'm not inside of what's going on in the locker room, but. I think we do have to question certain things like that, Whitey. Like, yeah. I, I think we have to. But now your roster is what it, what it, it is. It is. It's stuck. Yeah, yeah. It is. So here you are. Which is the spark. Yeah. It goes back to what I see. Mm-hmm. This team needed a shot in the arm. I agree. They needed a spark. Yep. Yeah. A roller coaster ride ends up right where it started. And your chance to maybe take this somewhere else with some, uh, some roster moves gone now uh we'll talk to our kings insider brendan nunes top of the hour when we come back tell you how coaches want to take some of the madness out of march with the drive guys on sacktown sports well march madness is approaching interesting debate going on in college basketball about storming the court should we be storming the court do we need to get rid of storming the court uh we'll get to that conversation at some point here but King's conversation rolls on in the meantime. 339-1140-1800-920-1140. No storming the court last night at the Golden One Center. Uh, had It's Whitey and Jay today, and Kyle Kyle's on his way to Denver with the Kings. He'll be with us tomorrow. I had uh, dinner last night with uh, the great John Dickinson from the, you know, San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he, he was saying— Where'd y'all go? Well, we were just at before the game. We're oh, just, okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying like you guys went out prior to the game. No, no, no. Okay. Just in the in the media room and uh, say, that's how y'all do me, huh? You don't want to even get an invite up. You didn't even send a a pigeon a pigeon message my way, huh? Invite me. Well, okay. I'll just say this: I would never complain about you know the food there. They have really good food and they it's free. Who could complain? But they had some kind of meatballs last night, and I just looked at it and said, I don't know what color that is and i'm not going to eat something if i don't know what color it is i got you you know so yeah. but uh, understand i know yeah. what's going in your body yeah, delicious like hot some of those dog half time, I'm all good but my point is jd said before the game he's like you know this heat culture it overrated miss me with that people talk so much about this it's garbage and then after the game he texted me and said i will never dump on heat culture <laughs> ever again in my whole life because i was impressive Sharp we look man. at it from the king's side you know it's like what happened but wow the heat got it done yeah, and and typical heat fashion. You know how many times have we heard that? I know as, as the Heat are a fantastic organization, and this is something that I think the Kings organization has tried to figure out since 
I can only, I mean, years, yeah. multiple oh, years. How many times I can just yes. hear Vlade saying, we're building a culture here. Yes, yes. And what that means is they got some yogurt in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> the toughest part is this, Whitey. As a fan, I think I still trying to figure out what that is. And that may even be a part of it is, you know, and you asked Eric Reed and Jason Jackson, I believe Eric Reed for sure, yesterday, who's the Heat play-by-play, been there 36 years since the beginning, if I'm not mistaken. You know, he he had some very descriptive words to to specify what those things were. And I think if I ask you or if I threw it out there to the fans, what do you think are the, is the Sacramento Kings culture? What would you say? Like, what, what is the Sac Kings culture to Whitey right now? I don't know what it is. Hmm. And Mike Brown was asked about that last night. To yeah. his credit, he said, you know, I I don't think we can do what they're, they're, done, they're For doing. Sure. But to me, when you have a strong culture, you know, the Patriots had it, Spurs had it. I think the Giants had it in baseball for a while. It's just a matter yes. of everybody's on the same page. We all know the 49ers, I mean, like the Bill Walsh. They seem to be he there. He invented, some say he invented the idea. It's like, this is how we do things, okay? Everybody, everybody, this is how we do things this is our goal, and then you get everyone going, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Then you have a strong culture. Like the, I know people don't like the Warriors. I understand that. The Warriors, their culture really, 2015, mm-hmm. when they said, Andre Iguodala, we need you to come off the bench. Mm. He could have said, I'm sorry, I'm Andre Iguodala. He said, okay. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right. Then all of a sudden, it's like, okay. Everyone kind of saw that. It's like it fell into place. So the Kings, it's like it takes a long time and, you know, maybe they started to put some of the foundation in last year just by getting back to the playoffs, but it, it takes a long time. Yeah, I think so. I, I And also I, I think defense is part of it. Yeah, too, it right? is. It is. And, and you know, I, I think Pat Riley goes a long way for yeah. what Miami did. Yeah. And you might be still looking for that, you know, uh, as Phil Oates, <laughs> owner of minority owner, the key said, a William Wallace type player yes. here on this show. Yeah. A William Wallace type person, you know, from Braveheart. I think the Kings may still be looking for that, you know, within the uh, organization. Yes. Uh, Brendan Nunes, top of the hour. We go back to the phones, 339-1140, Let's talk to Will, Sackdown Sports. Hello, Will. How are you? What's up, fellas? Hey. <clears throat> man, you know, I, I, I'm getting ready to go into rehab, man, because <laughs> this is killing me. I, I, I can't deal with this no more, man, because, you know, we, we overanalyze. We overanalyze after, after one of these dumb Blowouts, I mean, losses that we shouldn't be losing to certain teams. Yeah. No matter what, we shouldn't be losing to certain teams. And I'm going to tell y'all, man, I, I I love Coach Brown, man, but I'm, I'm he, he's the man. He's the man. Coach Brown, some of his rotations and his decisions, man, don't make no sense. Everybody, everybody saw Ty Smith from I don't know what college he came from. Man, he was killing, killing herders. Yep. And everybody saw uh, uh, Martin. Anybody who heard or got on, he just took him to the hole. He just shot a three over him. I like Herder, but if he ain't scoring, he ain't helping the team. I mean, because he can't—he's too slow of foot to, to to get anything done. And the same thing against Domas with athletic big men. He can't—he can't guard him. He just frustrated. He tries to force things. And he lose the ball. He fumble. He's good against big, slow, you know, white guys. You know, he's. <laughs> but but check it out, man. You cannot keep playing Herder 
against athletic twos and threes because they just they you you can see them they talking to each other man look I'm gonna run I'm gonna run I'm gonna run you in the hand we're gonna scream we're gonna pick and I'm taking them to the hole even Kevin Love man I know well, 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 Kevin Love kind of tried to punk him last night and, and look it's no excuse man I don't care look you got you got uh, Kessler Edwards on the bench you got six eight guy try him sometime why is it why is he on the team mm-hmm. why is he on the team yeah and then you got you got my boy JaVale. Let JaVale go out there and bring somebody, foul somebody, do something. It was just ridiculous, man. It, it was just – and then, and then last thing, Whitey, and Jay, Monk played 20 minutes. Tell me why. Tell it, me why. Because they're, they're hoping he her, starts her making shots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huh? Well, they're hoping he starts making shots. They needed some offense. Well, look, Monk is, is the spiritual – uh, leader of that team, he's the most exciting guy. He brings, he brings. Uh, look, if he ain't scoring early in the first half, you can't sit him the whole damn. Almost oh, you're the asking why, line. Will? You're asking why he didn't play more than Herder? That's what you're asking. Yeah. Okay. All right. I misunderstood your question. Yeah. He got. He got to be out there in the fourth quarter. Uh-huh. And the same with, and same with HB. You know, I get on HB. I get on HB when he ain't bringing it. But HB, I don't even think he played the fourth quarter. That's coaching. That's the coach, man. Mm-hmm. The coach blew that. I don't know what he was doing last night, but it, it, it's just pitiful. And then and then they lose the athletic teams like that don't have their starters. That tells you something's wrong, man. Detroit, Charlotte. But will they? I mean, they can't guard anybody. Will that's a huge problem. They can't guard but, anybody. Well, they don't. But he don't make. Ten. What? Why is Kessler Edwards the most athletic six eight guard they got? I mean, defensive guy. Why, why he don't play? I assume it's because he doesn't give him anything offensively, but it's a good question. I understand yeah, your question. Yeah, I know. Why on the team? I know. I know. And, wh- and what happened to Terrence, Day- Terrence Davis? Why did they get rid of him? Uh, you're not the only one that wants to know that. I don't think, though. I don't know that anyone has picked him up, but there is a lot of people who ask that he question. Well. He's in Portland G League. Man, look. I don't understand. I don't understand what my man is doing sometimes. I think he got too many people in his ear over there on the sideline. I ain't never seen nobody with that many assistant coaches, man. It, I think he just need to make some decisions on his own and quit listening to uh, them 25 coaches he got over there on the sideline. Thank you, Will. <laughs> it's not funny. It's just there's something uh, that uh, about Will's passion that is nice to hear. kind of has a knack for bringing things home. Thank you, Will. Uh, three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty, and yeah, we'll asking some some questions that a lot of people are asking. Uh, we got some questions for Brendan Nunes. Our insider joins us when we come right back. Is this team gonna finish in the top six? See what Brendan thinks of that. We'll also get back to your calls three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. Drive guys, Sacktown Sports.